Borderlands Cooperative. Join us for critical conversations about things that matter. Every Friday at 10am on 3CR Community Radio, 855am on your dial. And on 3CR Digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. So together, let's think again about important matters affecting us, like economics, politics, education, health, climate, and what we can do about it all. Welcome to our 105th programme of Think Again, after more than a year, direct from the 3CR studio. Think Again is offered by Borderlands Cooperative, an organisation that has been dedicated to social change for over 23 years. I'm Jacques Boulet and Jennifer isn't with us today. Today I'm having a conversation with Megan Skihill from CISVIC. Community Information and Support Victoria, a community services organisation of which we have heard already several times in this programme. Welcome to the programme, Megan. Hello, Megan, you there? Yes, I am. Can you uh, hear me? Yep, yeah, now I can hear you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks well, for having me. Welcome. Uh, the federal government, especially the PM and Josh, uh, Josh Frydenberg, the treasurer, they have recently trumpeted that Australia is witnessing a strong economic recovery after the corona session. As per usual, they're telling us that Australia is leading the world on such some something. They do come up with a few select figures and indicators to prove their point a point that is enthusiastically echoed in the echo chambers of the news corporations, media and a bit more carefully taken apart by voices in The Guardian and The New Daily. The latter do keep reminding us that the many people and groups still struggling and even falling back because of stagnant wages, the disappearance of JobKeeper and the inadequacy of JobSeeker. It may not be a case of cognitive dissonance, as they call it, but one may be forgiven for being confused by these rather dissonant messages, those telling us that our economy is on steroids and those telling us that large segments of our population are still on a systemic Prozac and often being blamed for it. Young people, the unemployed, job seekers, the homeless, low-income households and individuals and low-income individuals, and the fact that many sim- many symbols of Australia presumed wealth are inaccessible to more and more of us. For example, last week Saturday Age had an opinion piece by Peter Harcher on losing the Australian dream, with reports about the impossibility for young people to ever own a home. He cited solid research that 70% of housing wealth is now in the hands of the over-65s. He refers to Labour MP Andrew Lee, an economist, who suggests that the next generation of inequality could well be the divergence between workers and capital owners, which uh, makes me, of course, say what else is new, really. A growing body of research shows that all is not well in the lucky country. The Brotherhood of St. Lawrence recently published Shocks and Safety Nets, Financial Well-Being During COVID-19 Crisis. And another report from our community talks about the triple disaster hitting the non-government community services sector. More demand, less volunteers and less donations and funding. So, Megan, 
Welcome again, and I'm glad you were prepared to help us a bit with better understanding what's going on. So to start out, could you tell us a bit what your background is and your role in CISVIC and in the broader context of welfare and community services sector in Victoria? We have previously held several conversations with workers and clients of your organisations uh, collected under the CISVIC umbrella, and we are grateful to be able to further dip into the experience and knowledge of that peak body. So, Megan. Thanks, Jacques. Thank you. Um, so, let me start by saying I think I am possi I possibly have the best job in CISVIC, and I know I'm a little bit biased there. Um, so, CISVIC is the peak body for the community information and support sector. And the reason that I say that I think I've got the best job um, is that um, I have the privilege of working with a number of agencies, um, well, all our agencies across Victoria. Um, and so that's 53 member agencies across 62 sites across Victoria and I really get to work closely with them to find out what's happening on the ground for the agencies um, and have the opportunity to, to hear some of the best and the worst stories and share those with um, with the advocacy team within CISVIC and, and, um, and play a role in helping to... Um, to, to push that up to uh, key stakeholders. Um, mm. So I'm, I'm really, really grateful for the position I have mm -hmm. um, at, at CISVIC. Mm. So firstly and broadly, looking at what your member agencies and the emergence relief sector more broadly are reporting in regards to people presenting for assistance in a nutshell across your member organisations, what can you tell our listeners about mm. what is going on there? Oh, where do I begin? Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I could talk for, at length on this one, so I will try and keep it um, keep it brief. Um, I think what I'm overwhelmingly hearing and have over the last, um, probably the last 12 months really, but um, more so in the last six months, is that, um, is that yes, there are increasing numbers of people presenting needing um, assistance, that, and in some areas that's um, more so the case than others, but... What, what I do hear from agencies is that the complexity of issues that people are presenting with is is significantly more than it has been in the past. Mm. Um, so people are presenting um, and they might need assistance because they're in um, uh, financial distress, but it's not it's not just a small fix that can be done. There's a, there's a really big conversation that needs to be had and supports around linking into financial counsellors. We're having people present who are experiencing um, family violence. We're having people um, overwhelmingly present who are, um, you know, just about to be evicted from their property, who are, who are just really just making it through. Um, on a daily basis, our agencies are seeing people um, present who are making the choice between whether they eat that day or whether they pay their rent. Um, and uh, that's not just for singles, that's, um, that's for families, that's for, you know, does the parent eat or do, um, does the child eat? Do we put the electricity on tonight um, or do we pay the rent? Um, it's, it's quite overwhelming and dramatic, um, the the situations that the people are experiencing and, and, and presenting at our agencies needing support for. Mm. And uh, that shows obviously in the busyness, if you want, of the member agencies locally, is that right? Yeah, absolutely. So one of our agencies, for example, Whittlesea Community Connections, um, mm. during the last two-week lockdown, they had um, over 200 phone calls in that two-week period mm. um, for people who were in... 
immediate need of food relief. Mm. Um, so that's that's pretty significant. So mm. all, all of those people lived in the, the city of Whittlesey and were needing support. That, um, that That's huge. That, they, they weren't just coming because they... Um, um, you know that they just wanted a little bit extra extra help, but they they really had no food to put on the table um, that mm. night. Um, so then we've got places like um, our agency in Hampton Basis, and they um, have seen a hundred and eighty eight percent increase um, oh in emergency God. relief requests in the last twelve months. Mm. Um, so and and those are the numbers that. That, that you know those numbers absolutely do stand out, mm. um, um, and as the, an agency in Moreland, so Community Information and Support Moreland, they are seeing and working with um, a huge number of people um, who have no income at all. So mm. with people on bridging visas, asylum seekers, um, and international students. International students have been a big one for that particular mm. organisation and, and others. Mm. Um, and, and they have no income. Yeah. So when we do go into lockdown, um, they are they, they are really struggling because they they can't pay rent. They can't um, they 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 can't ha- have food. They can't do all of those sort of things. So mm. our agencies are having to um, rightfully so, and that's what we want to be doing. But supporting them a lot more than perhaps in the past we we may have needed to. Mm. Yeah, we have interviewed uh, some of those people who were working with students, I think, several months ago. All of that sounds very concerning and really confirming also what the research I mentioned before has been revealing. But before we go on, let this sink in a little bit. Let's have some music, all used up by Roy, Roy Bailey, the late Roy Bailey, I should say. And that will be followed by a promo. I spent my whole life making somebody rich I busted my back for that son of a bitch And he left me to die like a dog in a ditch And he told me I'm all used up Well he used up my labour, he used up my time He plundered my body and he squandered my mind And he gave me a pension of handouts and wine And he told me I'm all used up Well my kids are in hock to a god you call work Slaving their lives out for some other jerk My youngest in Frisco just made shipping clock And you don't think I'm all used up Some young people reach out for power and gold And they don't have a respect for anything old And for pennies they're bought and for promises sold That someday they'll all be used up They use up the oil and they use up the trees They use up the air and they use up the seas But how about you friends and how about me What's left when we're all used up Oh, 
window The world passes by It gives me a hand out Then spits in my eye And no one can tell me Cause no one knows why I'm still living If I'm all used up Sometimes in my dreams I sit by a tree And my life is a book Of how things used to be And the kids gather round And they listen to me And they don't think I'm all used up And there's songs and there's laughter And there's things I can do And all that I've learned I can give back to you And I'd give my last breath Just to make that come true Now I'm not all used up The use of the oil The use of the trees The use You're listening to Think Again 3CR 855 AM on your dial 3CR digital and streaming life at 3cr.org.au Today we're examining a rather painful contradiction in what we hear and read about the state of the Australian economy. So I'm having a conversation with Megan Skihill from CISVIC about the experiences of the member organisations of CISVIC. Megan, what you and your member organisations see has changed in the characteristics of the people coming to seek support and ask for emergency relief? Oh, absolutely, Jacques. Um, and I, I mentioned earlier about um, the increased numbers, and that's certainly the case in, in, in um, a lot of areas. But I think the import, one of the really important things to focus on is that very issue, is that the complexity of issues that people are experiencing is, is like nothing that the sector has seen before. Um, so whilst numbers sound good, I think when you listen to um, individual stories about service users and what they are experiencing, that's... That's really what um, what tells the story um, about the community during COVID. So, um, yeah, I, I can certainly report again about um, the, the fact that increasingly people are presenting who are sleeping rough, um, who have um, either been evicted to, from their house or are about to be evicted. People who are presenting with not just, you know, one or two months rent arrears, but six months rent arrears, people who are presenting and they may, um, you know, they've had to spend money during that lockdown period on devices for um, for their children so that they can um, do homeschooling and, and that has eaten into their, 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 their budget, their money, so that they are again um, experiencing significant financial distress. And, you know, for, for a lot of people there's a buffer, they've got a bit of a buffer that can get them through. Um, but if you're on the knife's edge, if you are um, living paycheck to paycheck, so to speak, all it takes is one of those paychecks not to be there and, and things quickly spiral out of, can, can quickly spiral out of control. Um, I mentioned before about the um, international students um, and asylum seekers um, and that being a massive issue for for a number of our agencies because and people on bridging visas down in the um, city of Casey, um, our member agency down there have needed to spend a lot of money helping to ensure that people aren't evicted from their property just to maintain their rent 
um, so that they you don't have families who are sleeping in cars. Um, we are having reports, increasing reports, actually, really sad and distressing about um, families sleeping in cars. Um, you know, that's a terrible thing to hear. You know, I heard from a, one of our agencies in, um, in Rosebud a couple of weeks ago about a woman who was not eligible for um, bond loan assistance and her the rental um, cost for the properties that she'd been approved for, um, she couldn't pay the rent in advance, the one the one month rent in advance. So she and her two children that were under the age of five were going to be sleeping in the car um, because the rental, you know, there's not affordable rent rentals for people. Mm. Um, so th- these... These are huge issues, and they they impact on the community. And they impact on the volunteers and and um, and workers who are desperately trying to to do their best to help help these people. Mm, yeah, and particularly also many of the people you're talking about, they were casuals in gig in a so-called gig economy, Absolutely. which is uh, probably not part of all of the hallelujah sung by the treasurer and by the prime minister. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And I'm sure that there are people, you know, lots of people in the in the community who um, have been able to bounce back, and and perhaps some people who who've um, um, enjoyed um, improved um, economic security. Um, you know, that maybe they've had more hours, or they've um, you know been given job um, promotions or, or or whatnot. But there are a significant amount of people who that's not the case for, um, mm. and. Mm. And, and our agencies um, work with with those people on a, on a daily basis. Yeah, yeah, and particularly and the mental health. Sorry, sorry, sorry no, 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 you go. The mental health. This is one of the overwhelming things that agencies are talking about. Um, our agency in Bendigo, Bendigo Family and Financial Services, um, touched base with them before talking with you and said, you know, what's one of the main things that you want me to to share with the listeners? And they said it's about again, about the complexity of issues. It's about the time that you need to take with individuals to really listen to their story and, and that they are seeing people who, um, who are really socially isolated or who are, whose mental health has really suffered over the last um, 15 months. Um, they, they are seeing people who's, who, who, um, whose finances uh, um, have, have really... Um, are really just are really distressing for them, and 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 that particular agency um, does a lot of financial counselling, and their waiting mm. lists for financial counselling are huge mm. because what may have previously have been a half hour appointment to address a couple of things is now looking like a hour and a half, two hour appointment, oh my um, God. and mm. and from a staffing perspective. You know that stuff's really important, and mm. and people need to be listened to. Yeah, they they really mm, need that time. Mm. And you probably also have less of volunteers and all of that, oh, partly yeah. because of COVID, but also partly because of finance, room, all of that. Mm. Absolutely, Jacques. Yeah. So our um, our sector is um, the, the staff ratio is um, one paid staff member for um, n- uh, nine volunteers. Oh dear. So oh. we we heavily rely on volunteers, mm. and they are. Mm. Absolutely amazing people, yep. Yep. but um, you know the complexity of issues for the sector too. I know I keep using that word complexity, but it's it is it, it's really relevant. Mm. So mm. Um, services have changed 
um, service delivery models have changed. Who's funded? Who's open? Who's mm-hmm. working remotely? Who's working face to face? What mm-hmm. supports are available for people? Yep. That has changed so much. Mm. So it's hard for anyone to get their head around. Um, but we've got volunteers who are perhaps weren't working, weren't volunteering for months, um, mm-hmm. sometimes a year, and having to come back in and and mm. and learn all the all all the supports. Um, again and, mm. and you know that ha- that has an impact yeah 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 on that note we go to a promo uh, because after all it's still 3cr radio phone then we should probably listen a little bit to how they invite us to help them out did you know that you can pledge your support to 3CR Radiothon now and pay up later? Call the station during business hours on 9419 8377 and tell us what you'd like to donate and then pay your donation later. You're listening to Think Again, 3CR 855 AM on your dial, 3CR digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. Today we're listening to the fate of those sectors of the Australian economy that are not doing well and that that are too often absent from the public media and from public awareness, let alone from the speeches of those who govern us. Megan, I mentioned at the start of our program how our community has, that organisation, our community, has detected problems with the service provision, citing issues with a fall in funding, less volunteers, and we already talked about that, and more demand. How does that look across the CISFIC organisation? It looks really distressing. To be, to be really honest with you, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I mentioned at the start of the program I'm in a really fortunate position and um, where I do talk with our member agencies quite often and I've certainly um, observed over the last 15 months that we have um, managers and caseworkers in our agencies who who have been... They, they have an awful lot on their shoulders and they haven't been able to take annual leave. And, and I know that's the luxury and people, you know, we're lucky to have um, uh, work and all of that sort of stuff, but they are they are carrying an awful lot. And there's this constant fear about, um, you know, um, the, the pressure and, um, of, of needing, knowing that you need to be there to support um, and you want to be there to support um those people who are doing it tough has a huge impact because these managers um, are now having to do a lot more direct service delivery than perhaps they um, had in the past because the volunteer numbers are down Mm. Um, and that 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 has an impact Um, you know you've got got people who are um, racing out and collecting food from food bank you've got people who are um, um, working really really long hours um, in order to, to make sure that those people in their community aren't going without. Um, mm. They're absolutely incredible. So we do, we've been really fortunate and I do have to, um, you know, publicly acknowledge and thank um, the federal government who have given us increased money, the sector increased money over the last um, 12 to 15 months. That, that has been fantastic. It's made a, made a real difference. Um, but what we're really concerned about and what we really want to make sure that we see is that we know that this isn't a short-term um, situation. So um, the effects of COVID um, are, are going to be felt for many years. So we, we need that increased funding to be something that continues on into the coming years so that we can continue to work hard to meet the demand of, of people in need and, and to, to, 
to skill um, the volunteers up and, and at times put on paid employees to work directly with clients and um, their, the complexity of issues that they're experiencing. So what we, you know, we're really keen to see is that that money continue to um, increase and be, and be paid out in the years to come. Mm. Um, yeah. Mm. Thank you so much, Megan, for sharing your experiences, not just with CISVIC, but across the wider sector of emergency relief. It indeed looks as if the steroids on which our economy is supposed to be recovering are rather unequally distributed and certainly do not benefit those on the lower end of the inequality stakes. I'm certainly wishing you well, and I'm, I know that that is in the name of all of our listeners, wishing you well in your endeavours. And here also is wishing that by some fluke, those who govern us start, start thinking about a more redistributive system to spread out the benefits of the steroids we are supposedly of, if any. We're also... Thank you so much, dear Megan, and uh, who knows, we'll probably talk again sometime, sometime later. We need to thank the following donors and supporters of 3CR and think again. We're almost at our expected Radiothon donation threshold, which we were expected to rise. And please, it's not too late to show your support. Uh, thank you, too, and I repeat what we said already last, uh, uh, last week. Mary Brennan, Julie Clark, David Crawford, Helen Goodman, David Hall, Joseph Malagnaggi, I hope that I pronounced that right, Jenny Maskeel, Ro Roberts, Susan Sharp, Chris Watson, and uh, two pledges from Ray Bennett and Marcus Peck. So it's not too late yet to, so, to help us to our $800 uh, threshold. Go to the 3CR website and follow the clicks to the donations page or call the station on 9419-8377. Thanks for listening to Think Again on 3CR Community Radio with Jacques Boulet and today with Megan Skehill. Remember, if you do want to send us a message or ask about anything from today's program, you can email Borderlands borders at borderlands.org.au. Just put Think Again in the subject line. Our programs are available by podcast at the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au. Thank you to Jan for panelling today in the absence of Jennifer and also given that it is our first day back in the studio. I was a little bit preoccupied with it all would work out and it seems to have worked out. Thanks, Ian. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.